beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord's Day 45 introduce, introduces us to the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Now, what is that? It is prayer. God has graciously adopted us to become his children through Jesus Christ. And by means of prayer, we exercise our bond with him, calling on him as our Father in heaven. That's what our Savior wants us to do. The Lord's Prayer is a model for us to use. It can help us to focus our minds and hearts. And we need that since we often get distracted or discouraged and then don't make use of the privilege of prayer. And so we come to the theme for this afternoon, which is pray and don't lose heart. We'll focus on two points. Pray sincerely, and secondly, pray persistently. Pray and don't lose heart. Pray sincerely, and secondly, pray persistently. By means of the prayer that our Savior taught his disciples, we learn to ask for everything that we need for body and soul. And the scope of our prayer must be as broad as life itself. It includes more than what we can see. We are to pray with a view to God, his name, and his kingdom. Our Savior also wants us to express our needs and cares our hopes and expectations. And Satan continually tries to undermine our prayer life. He tempts us to get swallowed up by all sorts of activities. Then you're busy from morning till night. You might even be busy for the church much of the time. There's so much to do. Work can become such an obsession that it crowds out the reading of the Word of God and prayer. We feel that we don't have enough time for it. But in this way, our many activities become activism. In the process, true spirituality withers. Of what use is all that work if we don't ask God's blessings on it? Worries can also interfere with our prayers. Circumstances in our lives or in the lives of those we love can get us down. They can preoccupy our thoughts and stir up our emotions. Instead of laying our burdens before the Lord, we hang on to them. And how important it is for us to remember that we have a caring Father in heaven. He wants us to ask him for what we need to live for him. When we do this, we find out that we're not as alone as we perhaps felt. Our God is in control. He can use even the most difficult of circumstances for the good of those who love him. Worries and cares might assail us, but knowing he is in control still gives us reason to be thankful. 
Petitions and thanksgiving belong together as we pray. The thankfulness the Catechism speaks of involves more than just an emotion. It involves speaking, responding to God's words and deeds of love. From day to day, our Heavenly Father showers blessings on us. Take time to think about that. We haven't deserved any of his gifts. Show thankfulness by acknowledging his grace in your prayers. Lord's Day 12 of the Catechism reminds us that a Christian is a priest. As priests, we are called to present ourselves a living sacrifice of thankfulness to God. Self-sacrifice begins on our knees. We give our hearts to the Lord, and then our bodies and minds follow. And we should do this gladly and regularly, brothers and sisters. Just think of the Christian hymn, Take my life and let it be, consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in endless praise, let them flow in endless praise. Whatever sacrifice we offer to God must be accompanied by the incense of our prayers. In Psalm 141, verse 2, David says, Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And when he speaks about the lifting of my hands, that's a posture of prayer as well. Prayer is pleasing to God. We direct our attention away from ourselves to him who is in heaven. And make sure to express love for God and for those around you in your prayers. Without love, no sacrifice we bring will be worth anything in his eyes. Your prayer life will affect the quality of your everyday life. If you don't dedicate each day in prayer to serving the Lord, how can you live for him? How important it is to ask him for what you need to serve him well. Can you really afford to skip this even if you have a busy day ahead of you? Think of the life of Jesus Christ. He had so much to do. And nevertheless, his life was a life of much prayer. He didn't let urgent things push away what was really important. If there were too many people around him, he looked for a solitary place to pray to God. Make use of the privilege of prayer, brothers and sisters. If you don't, of what use are the promises of the gospel to you? Have you ever gotten a check from someone and forgotten to cash it for a while? A check is worth money. But the check isn't going to do you any good unless it is credited to your bank account. And the promises of the Lord are like that too. They are of immeasurable value. Pray 
to get them applied to your account. If you neglect prayer, you don't really value the riches of the covenant. You are then a bankrupt sinner. Jesus once said to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We can only come to our Heavenly Father trusting in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And this also means we must approach our Heavenly Father sincerely with a truly penitent heart. A heart that is full of sorrow for sin. A heart that wants to turn to God, asking him for what is needed. We are sinners who need salvation. And that involves more than just the forgiveness of our sins. Our prayers won't be heard if we don't truly desire to lead a God-fearing life. We may may be able to string words together in prayer like the pearls of a necklace. But if we lead a life of sin, heaven will be silent and closed to our prayers. God is a God of grace, but he is also a consuming fire. That expression comes from Deuteronomy 4, verse 24. And the context there is a warning not to make graven images. The Lord wants his people to understand that he is the one who determines how he should be worshipped. And the author of the letter to the Hebrews takes up this theme and elaborates on it. It's not enough to avoid idolatry. Worship God with reverence and awe. That's a matter of the heart. Without that proper attitude, we will find God to be an avenging judge. A consuming fire is a fire that destroys. His holiness will not tolerate sinners who come to him with the wrong attitude. Not every prayer is necessarily pleasing to God. People don't always call upon him in the right way. He wants to be prayed to as he has revealed himself. He is the most high God, unlimited in power. He is the God of the covenant, always faithful to his promises. And trust that he will hear your prayers for the sake of our Savior. And the Lord has shown his fatherly love to us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for sinners. Without this grace, the history of mankind would have stopped after man's fall into sin. And now, the way to the throne of grace has been opened. And be very careful with this privilege, brothers and sisters. Our God is a holy God. Call upon him as sinners who depend on his grace. We have no reason for pride. On the contrary, there's every reason to be ashamed and to humble ourselves in his presence. He can fathom the deepest depths of our hearts. 
He knows how many contradictory and sinful motives can cloud our thoughts and dominate our lives. How we need the grace of our God. Pray for this wholeheartedly. Confess your dependence on the Lord. Ask for instruction, insight, and strength to serve him. Remember that prayer is a living interaction with God. As the conditions of your life change, this can be reflected in your prayers. As you pray, let Christ teach you how to choose your words. And this can help you to focus on what you are saying. In a family setting, it can also help to involve the children in the Bible reading and prayer. A good time to do this is after a meal. Let them focus on the word you've just read together. Take a moment to reflect on what you just read in the Bible. Involve your children in this. What can you bring before the Lord in prayer? Do this in a covenantal way. Is there something to praise him or thank him for? Is there a promise you can ask him to fulfill? Is there a sin to confess? Is there a command to obey for which you can ask strength and guidance? This teaches them to respond prayerfully to the reading of God's word. And if there are cares, prepare to lay them before your heavenly Father. Ask your children, or perhaps guests at your table, if there's anything special to bring before the Lord. Consider also the needs of people in the church community and in the world. All things are in God's providential hands. And considering this truth should fill us with joy and thankfulness. How frightening life would be if God would let us be struck by chance. Even when there are difficulties, look for something to be thankful for. After all, the Apostle Paul commands us in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 to give thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks is not always easy. You may not always feel thankful. And nevertheless, look for blessings even in the midst of hardships. Thankfulness to God involves more than just our emotions. It transcends them. Thankfulness involves acknowledging God's hand in your whole life. It focuses on seeking to honor him in everything as his children. If you try to consider the whole situation, is there really no light in the darkness? Is there no blessing to thank God for? Even if he takes everything away from you, you still have him. And that will comfort you if you treasure fellowship with him above everything else. He hasn't left you alone. If you feel weak, look to him for strength. If you are plunged into sorrow, take refuge in him. 
Lay your needs before him, whatever they may be. Go to him with your distress, your loneliness, your fears and uncertainties. Who is better able to understand than he? He also has unlimited strength and is willing and able to help you. He is at work even when circumstances look very desperate. Doesn't he promise that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose? And remembering that will help you to express joy in the Lord and thankfulness for his love. We can grow accustomed to the most beautiful things, finally taking them for granted. And that can also happen in our spiritual life. It can affect our prayers. Be aware of this and take time to reflect on your blessings and to thank him for them. We live in a covenant with God. He gives us fellowship with him and with one another. He blesses us as church members with a place to worship him, a school for our children, a teacher's college, a theological seminary, and so many other things. Older members among us may remember when all this had to be built. And the younger ones make use of the facilities and perhaps don't consider what life would be like without them. It can therefore be helpful for older members to speak to younger ones about how things were in the past. Remembering out loud with gratitude to God can be a way to praise him. Pray, and don't lose heart. Pray sincerely. Pray persistently. This is our second point. Be glad that the Lord Jesus commands us to pray. This command is closely linked to the gospel, the good news of salvation. We base our prayers on his completed work. And that work forms the guarantee that we will not pray in vain. Maybe you feel spiritually dry and withered inside. Maybe you feel nothing. But you do hear the command of your Savior. Pray. Pray no matter what you may be feeling at a given moment. Bring your needs to your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray without ceasing, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. And that's a call to pray regularly. And let every part of your prayer, every part of your life be supported by prayer. And we need to do this since many things happen from day to day. One of the greatest dangers to prayer is that we don't focus. Have you ever closed your eyes and found your thoughts wandering when someone prays? It can even be hard to stay with it when you yourself pray, right? And this is especially the case when you pray at certain times like after a meal. The words tend to come in a routine way. 
Now, does that matter? Not necessarily. The Lord's Prayer also contains elements that should regularly be part of our prayers. Just watch out that your prayers don't become empty words. Pay attention to the first thing the Catechism teaches about a prayer which pleases God. First, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only. In other words, before you even begin to pray, focus on what you are doing. Your words may be even very beautiful and scriptural, but what are they worth if they don't come from your heart? Our prayer should not be a show of words, but the expression of an upright heart. And there should be a sense of awe that we may call upon God as Father. His grace is great, but we often neglect to consider this with thankfulness. How can we preserve the right attitude? It can only be preserved by means of God's word. He teaches us about who he is and what he does. He teaches us to see ourselves as we are, sinners who don't deserve anything, but who receive a multitude of blessings from him. We need to humble ourselves before God in prayer. Use the word of God to break through the cycle of routine prayers that can degenerate into empty phrases. Our God is reliable and his word is truthful. He keeps his promises. And if we pray on the basis of his promises and commands, he will hear us. Scripture assures us of this. Pray persistently. Our Lord Jesus Christ teaches this in a parable about an unrighteous judge and a widow. Evidently, the widow is in difficulties because of wrong actions taken by someone else. So, she takes her case to the judge. And she pleads with him to help her. She wants justice to be done. Give me justice against my adversary. And the judge is not a God-fearing man. He doesn't care about the opinions of others either. His initial reaction is to refuse to do anything about the matter. And the widow doesn't give up at this. She has the law on her side. And so she continues to plead for justice. And not wanting to be bothered further, the judge finally does what is right in this case. And what is Jesus trying to get at in this parable? The Lord is a righteous and dependable judge. He won't ignore the pleas of his people. And note how Jesus describes these people in their prayers. They are God's chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Their prayers are meant seriously. They pray persistently. And this is also how we should pray. Show the Lord that your prayer is not a passing whim, but an earnest request. He urges us not to give up, but to pray in faith. And the question he lays before us, though, is this. Will he find faith on earth when he returns? 
Having reverence for God includes being patient. Keep his promises in mind and then pray faithfully. God will certainly hear your prayer. Don't doubt that. He has given you his word. That should be your constant source of motivation to keep praying. Let his words silence the doubts and fears in your mind. Prayer is not an option, but a necessity for us, brothers and sisters. As children of our Heavenly Father, we can't live spiritually without prayer. That's why the Lord tells us to pray. It's the response of faith. And he will give his grace and the Holy Spirit as you ask him for these gifts. Jesus Christ assures you of this. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And that's a tremendous promise. We can't struggle successfully against our weaknesses and sins on our own. But we may expect to make progress as we prayerfully depend on God for guidance and strength. Jesus Christ doesn't promise us instant perfection. What we must pray for is ongoing sanctification. That means the ongoing work of the Spirit making us more and more holy. Pray to understand the depths of the law of the Lord. And then pray for strength to apply that law in your life. Do you want to know how to pray? The disciples of the Lord Jesus felt their need for instruction in prayer. He answered their request and gave the church of all ages what we call the Lord's Prayer. Study it. It's a model of simplicity, wide in its scope, deep in insight. It summarizes everything we need for body and soul. Reflect on the depth of what this prayer involves. The Catechism can help you in this. You can use the various Lord's Days to enrich the content of your prayers. We have so much to learn about God, His work in the world, and how this connects to our own lives. Brothers and sisters, call upon the Lord our God with confidence. He will hear us willingly and gladly if we pray according to his will. After all, he is our Father through Jesus Christ. We are his children. He cares about us. He cares for us. Honor him by your prayers. Amen.